this episode of Conversations for Fearless Leaders, Dale and I would like to share with you a recent conversation she and I had. I had given a presentation to a group on loving conversations, and as I reflected on that event and shared with her different things that were discussed, we decided that our listeners would find value in some of the information she and I talked about. Therefore, that's where this particular episode comes from. However, I do want to let you know that the sound quality may not be the same as previous episodes because we did not use our professional microphones. It was simply a conversation we recorded. In this recording of Loving Conversations, you will hear us mention refocus, reframe, and redirect. And there will also be a quote from Robert J. McClowski that I make reference to. And I will give you that full quote at the end. So thank you for joining us in this episode of Conversations for Fearless Leaders. Welcome to Conversations for Fearless Leaders. Do you avoid important conversations for fear of not saying it right? How comfortable are you to deal with difficult situations? What if instead you could approach any conversation with clarity and confidence? We are Dale Lachlan of Trinidad and Tobago and Rhonda York of the United States. In Conversations for Fearless Leaders, we draw on our combined 40 years of experiences as professionally trained coaches, certified in conversational intelligence and team coaching. So join us in this podcast series as we discuss your most challenging leadership situations with a deep multidisciplinary perspective. In each episode, we will share practical tools tips, and steps for you to implement with confidence. Let your journey with us awaken your inner courage to discover, experiment, and learn what it takes to become a fearless master of leadership conversations. What are your thoughts about doing a podcast around loving conversations? Absolutely. The more I hear you talk about it, the more I think, well, yeah, we have to do a podcast on loving conversations. And when you think about it, fearless conversations are loving conversations because the absence of fear allows us, allows the trust to come in. And what am I trusting? What's the emotion I'm feeling when I'm trusting? Maybe that emotion is love. Who am I loving? What am I loving? Why am I loving? And what's the outcome? What's the intent? of this loving conversation. So maybe there's a podcast in here. Well, and, and it, it's interesting because remember I told you and I even expressed to those in attendance that I didn't want to be the talking head and and I wanted to facilitate conversation because I think it's important for other people's voices to be heard. Mm-hmm. And When we were talking, because I had them do the double-click exercise on the loving conversations Mm -hmm. and just describe how do you define loving conversations? What does that mean? 
And of course, different terms come up that we double clicked on when you say this, what do you mean? And what would that look like? Because it's one thing to be able to define it, but what actions and behaviors would you be seeing if you could say we are having a loving conversation? And one of the things that came up was talking about honesty. And without realizing it, I said something about if you're honest. And one of the people in attendance said, so, so what do you mean by that? If you're honest and why can I not be honest? And that's part of the problem. And I think it, it goes to what you're talking about, fearless conversations. We have fear around sharing our honest opinions. And I don't think it's so much of being honest, but how, what words we use, and it's my opinion, here's how I feel, or not trying to convince you that the way I think or feel is the way everybody should feel. And it goes back to what you and I know about when we're in those difficult conversations that fight, flight, freeze, or appease, where do you show up? And mm-hmm. and how are you leaving the conversation when you're done? So there was so much discussion there and people were saying, you know, what do you do when someone has this strong opinion and, and you have this, especially if you've been friends before, where do you go with that? But there's This is very in-depth. It's not a one and done. Now it's fixed. Everybody knows how to do it. There's so many components to it that need deeper dives. The thing is that we don't have these conversations because we're afraid. We're afraid of being shamed. We're afraid that when we say the things that we want to see, that it will cause shame or criticism or anger or embarrassment. We're afraid of these things. And so we decide not to have the conversation. So the fear, but the fear doesn't disappear. The fear stays and that fear festers. And that festering of the fear interferes with. Fear and interfere. Yes, it interferes with the relationship. So at some point, what happens is something catalyzes or triggers. Triggers is a better word here. Something triggers, but it is not an intentional what happens is not intentional it is reactionary exactly so when you're when you're talking about loving conversations and you and I talk about the power of words that's something that you and I have learned and that we practice it's being intentional in the words we use being very self-aware of our words and the possible impact And again, it goes back to the quote from Robert McClowski. I'm not sure that what you think you heard me say is what I meant. And it's much more in depth than that. But we have a story, a thought in our mind. And we think we're saying it the way we mean it. But what we don't understand is because everybody's different, will they receive it? my message, my words, the way I intend or mean it to. And if they don't have 
the strength, the courage versus being fearless to question, to ask versus just assuming that this is what I heard. So that's what you meant. And I disagree with that. So now you and I can't be colleagues or friends anymore. The fearless conversation person will ask the questions, which is what you and I want to work on more is asking questions. Questions are important and we use them to gain clarity. When you said this, either here's how I interpreted it, or is this what you mean versus just assuming that what I heard is what they mean and therefore I react to my interpretation of what was said. The thing to me as well is is the concept of the emotion love. So instead of feeling fearful and retreating in that fearfulness from having the conversation, what if instead, reframe, refocus, redirect, what if instead I saw it because this is somebody with whom I live, with whom I work, with whom I share friendship. What if I see it as an opportunity for love? Yes, I'm feeling afraid, but what if I see it, I reframe the situation from I'm afraid of being shamed and misunderstood and being angry, the person being angry with me, what if I saw this as an opportunity for us, for me to show love and for us possibly to deepen this relationship? What if I just saw it as the opportunity, you know, like when the thunderstorm, the thunderclouds build up in the sky on a hot day? What if I just saw it as an opportunity for healing? But it's got to come from love. That's love in the conversation. I'm no, thinking. So it's, it's reframing how we think. Many times I use the analogy of change the station that you're playing in your head or change the CD, the USB, the thumb drive, whatever it is you want to refer to. So if the message that we're telling ourselves is, I'll be shamed, I'll be rejected, they won't like me anymore, to how can I put myself in a position and choose the right words to make this a more loving conversation and move it forward versus breaking down the relationship and making it different. And the thing is, the conversation will be difficult. So what if I go into that conversation saying, you know, yeah, I'm seeing here the opportunity. I'm seeing here the opportunity for this, for, for us to get closer, for at least us to get this thing out of the way, because it's been in the way maybe for too long. So then you're putting the context and the priming for trust that we talked about at the beginning of the conversation. Okay. So you're setting the stage, so to say. And part of setting the stage is talking to myself, which is saying, okay, deal. So you know this might potentially be a difficult, not potentially, this is going to be a difficult situation. But here's what. I am prepared to feel the rejection. I am prepared. I can't control how this other person is going to react or respond to me. But I'm prepared to have that, to navigate that feeling in the conversation because my intention is to strengthen, to have the kind of conversation that strengthens our relationship. My intention here 
is beyond avoiding the discomfort of receiving that person's anger or criticism. I am prepared to navigate that because I know I'm not going to take it and hold on to it. That's where my resilience and my courage and that's where my love comes in. So I know I might have to face this, but you know what? I'm coming into this conversation with love, having prepared for love by priming for trust. And the first thing I'm doing there is me. I'm prepared. I'm making, making up my mind. I'm prepared to come into this and I'm prepared to navigate it with whoever it is. And I, f- I believe we can do it. So I'm coming into the conversation with love, with trust, with a wanting to partner. And I know it's going to get difficult. I know there may be moments when I feel extremely triggered. But you know what? I kind of feeling that I can navigate this. And I'm prepared to try because I believe that the outcome is worth this investment. And in terms of the reframing, refocusing, and redirecting, I have now reframed the situation, refocused myself, and I am redirecting my energies in a different way. So instead of walking away from this hesitant, I'm not afraid, I'm not, I'm, I'm being in fear. I am walking away from this with an energy of love, of partnership, with transparency and trust and let's see how it goes and it makes me think about questions to ask myself would be if I don't have this conversation how do I feel what might the results be how will my relationship be impacted and if I do have the courage to do it and and have the conversation in a loving way and reframe and redirect as you mentioned what might the outcome be? What advantages? So let me focus on what the benefits and the positive results might be if I take that step and have this conversation. I had a situation a couple of weeks ago, it was last week, um, with someone quite close to me. And I had been avoiding this conversation. Wonder, I've been avoiding this conversation. But it got to the point where I was starting to get irritated with myself. I was irritated because there was something inside of me that kept on prompting me to have the conversation. You should have the conversation. And I was going through in my, within myself, this whole, I think this dialogue, this internal dialogue around, and, and it came down to the, what is you prepared to do? You want to continue to have this voice nagging you and niggling at you several times a day, two o'clock in the morning when you wake up and preventing you from going back to sleep. You want to continue to live with this or do you, and what is the opportunity here? And eventually that's what swung me. So you, you, you're saying the questions, yeah. I asked myself the questions, kind of coached myself through the questions, but not consciously and until I said, well, no, 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 this is it. I'm going to have the conversation. Rhonda, I made the call. I, I was standing up rather than sitting down. I mean, that, that was conscious, right? And I had done, yeah, I, I, I was, I had prepared how I want to show up, tone of voice, said, you know, you're going to get triggered. Pick up the trigger. 
slow down your pace. Don't tell too much. Ask questions. I had prepared myself. I went into the conversation. And very shortly into the conversation, I remember saying, making a statement of what my intent was. I mean, I didn't say it as formally as this, but making a, essentially a statement of what my And Rhonda, the energy in that conversation changed. And I had to afterwards say to myself, Dale, you could have done this months ago. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> what it is you want to feel? Do you want to feel yourself shaming yourself? Because you haven't done something that you know is going to be a bit difficult because you're running away from it, but it doesn't go away. It doesn't go away. The trouble doesn't go away. It stays and it festers and it really interferes with your relationships with other people and your relationship with yourself. So for our leaders, this whole concept of what if my conversation becomes a loving conversation and does that mean that it is a soft um, not telling the truth kind of conversation? Absolutely not. Because I remember in that one conversation I was telling you about, I some, I found it easier to tell the truth. That's where the honesty came in, right? Yeah. I, I found it easier to say the truth. And well, how did you feel after having that conversation that you had dreaded and avoided for so long? Well, Ron, I felt as though I'd lost 10 pounds. <laughs> I felt as though I had, literally, there was a weight off me and I was no longer dreading the conversation. I felt that I could have a follow-up conversation and I somehow felt a bit of self-acknowledgement around, you know this, you could have done it, but I'm not shaming you, deal. Yeah. You finally did it. So you and built that muscle that we talked about. I built a little muscle. So when I, when I heard your story, you stopped and asked yourself the expense that you were having on yourself to avoiding the conversation. Lack of sleep, constant thinking, affecting relationships with other people. By avoiding the conversation. And then you also, Dale, talked about, okay, if I get triggered or this happens, sounds like you thought about it before. Here's how I'll deal with it. So you thought about what possibly could happen and were already mentally prepared to what you would do. So that kind of empowered you. And then the beauty of this was talking about how all that prep, which we call the priming for trust and really intentionally having a good conversation, a loving conversation, how it shifted the energy and the things that had kept you up at night when you were thinking about it either didn't happen or it wasn't nearly as bad as you had told yourself the story, the CD, whatever it was that you were playing in your brain about possibly having that conversation. And that's what I hear so many times when people eventually have those conversations that they avoid when they've done all those things that you just beautifully expressed. The outcome is not anything like the movie that they had been playing in their head. And 
it, it doesn't, there's no guarantee that it will go good, that it will go that way. It could have gone, it could have gone south. It could have gone wrong. I, I, I went into conversation though realizing that if this goes wrong, it won't be, let it not be because of me. If this relationship sours further, let it not be because of me. Rhonda, there is, we are so ready all the time. Catch myself all the time. We are so prone to accusation and judgment as human beings. We don't even realize, I don't believe we realize how much we judge and criticize. That's probably one of the reasons why this whole performance management and review and feedback in work teams and in the workplace has become so fraught with negativity because feedback is now seen as criticism and not seen for what it is. But that's a different story. That's a different subject. It is. But I I totally agree with you. And yes, we are very quick to give blame. And many times, I think it's because we don't want to accept any of the responsibility. It's much easier to look at something else or someone else as being the problem and complain and blame versus asking oneself, how can I be part of the solution? Yes. How can I help make a positive difference? And I think by having these loving conversations and doing the things that you and I've talked about are great steps. And we do have to ask ourselves, where am I part of the problem? And how can I be part of the solution? So great Great conversation about having loving conversations. And this was awesome. Dale, always, you and I have the best conversations ever. So thanks for joining us. Go have those loving conversations. Beginning of this episode, I told you I would give you the full quote from Robert J. McClowski that I mentioned in this episode. And that is, I know that you believe you understand what you think I said, but I'm not sure you realize that what you heard is not what I meant. Robert J. McClowski. Give that one some thought, listeners.